Let our light shine. That's what God wants from every single one of us. I'm thankful for you being here today, especially those of you who are online. Kurt, are we good online? Everything seemed to be working there? Kind of iffy. Okay, well, I've gotten a couple of texts, and so uh, if you're there and you can hear us, I'm glad. But those of you present here, I'm very thankful. And I have to say how much I appreciate this church family and just your continued generosity in so many different ways. So what was it, two or three weeks ago, we asked, um, we, we wanted to get a, a table saw for our skill center downtown, Love the Lou. And so I got this picture yesterday, so this is a group from yesterday. So there's Andy Bell, he's second from the left. Andy and Tom, who's kind of in the back there, um, they're kind of the key ones who've led and had the dream of the skill center. But then there's Tom Ratliff, there's George, they both come from here, and several others. And so your generosity helped us to get a brand new table saw for them, and so thank you very much. And again, Love the Lou is a ministry of Lucas Rugley. Um, Several of you have been there. I'll talk at the end of the service about some other opportunities over the next couple of months. So as a kid, I uh, was really scared of the dark. Anybody else as a kid, you were a little bit terrified of the dark? The two worst places for me were the basement and the farmyard, okay? So we had a big basement in our house. Never liked going down there as a kid. And then I spent a lot of time at the farm about an hour away. My dad had cattle there, and we bailed hay uh, during the first part of the summer. And as a little kid, I always hated it when my dad said, Doug, will you go out and make sure the gates are closed and the barn door was closed? Because it was dark, and it was scary out there. I didn't like doing that. But I did appreciate the light in the basement, except when, you know, the light bulb burned out. And when I finally figured out I could take a flashlight with me out in the barnyard, that also made a big difference to me. Um, I can't ever imagine, once I figured out there was light available to me, that I wouldn't make use of it in the midst of a dark place like that. It seems for all of us that darkness has this way of eliciting a measure of fear in our lives, Even when we're grown-up adults, maybe it's not a dark place like the basement or the farmyard. Maybe it is for you. But what it is is this understanding that there's something out there that, well, we get this sense that it's not right, that it's almost like it's out to get us. And Scripture teaches us that Jesus Christ came to be a light to this world. That he came to be a light shining in the darkness. In fact, we talk a lot about light at Christmas time, right? We quote from the Old Testament where we talk about this light dawning. It's like we can't see it coming yet. It's like the sunrise. And Jesus came to this world to be a light in the darkness, to give his life for all of mankind. But then what he does is he looks at you and I, who's a part of his family now that he's given that light to that is within us, and he asks us to be a light to shine in the darkness for others. And so today we're going to begin a series entitled Glow. It's about letting the light shine in the darkness. Now, if you've been with us, we're spending this whole year in the Gospel of Luke. We're looking at the teaching, um, the example, uh, the stories, uh, just the life of Jesus and how he interacted. And we're spending this whole year because what we want to be able to do is to get to know Jesus Christ better because we know that the only way our lives can be changed is by Jesus. And in several different instances in the Gospel of Luke, Jesus talks about 
our influence, our influence on others, and that he needs us to be an influence on others. And so we're going to spend the next couple of weeks taking a look in the Gospel of Luke at the teaching of Jesus about the example that he wants us to set for other people. And what we learn is that Jesus is the light, and then he in turn asks you and I to be a light for others in this world. And today, here's where we're going in our passage from Luke chapter 8, and it is this light, the light that we've been given is not for concealing, right? Not for hiding. But the light that we've been given is for us showing the way to other people who need Jesus Christ. So I want to invite you to turn in your Bibles to Luke chapter 8. That's where we're going to be at today. Just a couple of verses in Luke chapter 8. We're going to study this passage together. And so you can open your Bible, bring your phone out, your tablet. Those of you who are online, make sure you have your Bibles open. I'll have it on the screen as well so that we can study this together. But this is Luke chapter 8. I'm going to read beginning in verse 16. So here's Jesus speaking. Luke writing this, verse 16, No one lights a lamp and hides it in a clay jar or puts it under a bed. Instead, they put it on a stand so that those who come in can see the light. For there is nothing hidden that will not be disclosed and nothing concealed that will not be known or brought out into the open. Therefore, consider carefully how you listen. Whoever has will be given more Whoever does not have even what they think they have will be taken from them. Let me pray for us. Lord, we want to listen to you. And so help us over these next few moments. Um, Lord, remove the distractions. And Lord, help us to, through the wor- your word, through the power of your spirit, to clearly hear your message, Father, today. We thank you for your great love, and it's in your most precious name we pray. Amen. So to understand these three verses, which are honestly a little bit unusual, you've got to understand the context of what Jesus is saying here, which is true in any study of the Bible, right? You can't just grab a verse out of the Bible and then say, well, that's what Jesus meant. You have to take the whole context. So what's going on there? Well, if you look up in chapter 8 and verse 1, what you read is this. After this, Jesus traveled about from one town and village to another. And notice what he says here, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom of God. So Jesus, in this setting, he's going around to all these towns and villages, and he's proclaiming the good news. He is telling. So this word good news just describes Jesus telling about himself. That God has now sent the Savior of the world into this world to save us from our sins. That's the good news. And so Jesus is going to this village and that village. He's got this crowd of people with him. And he is spending this time telling people about the good news of the kingdom of God. And so in the midst of that, of him proclaiming, right, telling, he, he tells a fairly famous parable about the sower. And so this parable about the sower is really a description about how people hear and how people receive the Word of God. And so the Word of God's being sown, 
That's what Jesus is doing, right? He's going around. He's proclaiming the good news. He's telling, he's sowing the word of God. But it's a picture of how different people receive God's word. Not all of us receive it the same. In fact, some people don't receive it. They reject the word of God in their hearts and in their lives. And so he ends up the parable with verse 8 of chapter 8, in which he simply says, whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. Now, I'm looking around in this room, and it looks like everybody in here has ears to hear with. The problem is, we don't always listen well. And it's not specifically about what goes in our ears, but to know that somebody is really listening, what do they do? They put it into practice, right? They obey that word. And so he says you need to hear the good news. And so the context, again, then, is Jesus proclaiming, declaring, telling about the good news, and then about people hearing and receiving that. And so then we come to our verse, which is verse 16, in which he said, No one lights a lamp and hides it in a clay jar or puts it under a bed. Instead, what do they do? They put it on a stand so that those who come in can see the light. Now there's a little this is a little bit of a confusing analogy because Jesus just went from our ears to our eyes. He just went from hearing to seeing. And it's like, wait a minute Jesus, you're mixing up your metaphors here. You're you're starting to confuse me a little bit. So what is he what is he talking about? At the baseline of what he's talking about here is he's saying to every single one of us, if you've received the light, you're an influence. You, you are an influence for me. If you're a person who's received this light, you are an influence for me. And so he uses this picture of a lamp. And so what does one do with a lamp? Now, this is not a lamp that would be from the first century because it's got glass and everything. But it's similar in many ways because you've got oil in the lamp and you've got a wick. And so what do you do with a lamp? Thank you very much. I just want to make sure everybody's paying attention, right? You light the lamp. And so you take the, and of course they didn't have these kind of fun things either. It was a whole different ball game back in there. Oh, there we go. You light the lamp. You can turn it up. You can turn it down. I'm, I'm, I'm happy that that thing worked. It's, it haven't been used for like 100 years, right? So what am I supposed to do with this particular lamp? Do I take it and am I supposed to put it down here? Thank you very much. I mean, I'm just really wondering again, are we paying attention here? Thank you very much. No. I mean, Jesus very clearly says in that verse, right? You don't hide it, but where are you supposed to put it? You're supposed to put it on a stand so that everyone who comes in, they can see this light. And so the owner of the house, they come into the house, they don't have electricity and what do they do? They light the lamp so that everyone who comes in can see it. They don't hide it. And in fact, the way Jesus says it is kind of funny. He uses a couple of different examples there. You know, one example is, he says, you don't put it in a, a clay jar. I don't know, it must have, must have been a big old jar that you could set it in. Or you don't put it under a bed, which that one's really strange. Is that like the start of a hotbed or something? I don't quite understand it. So why would you put a lamp? And I think the point of it is Jesus is saying, you know, you don't put it under a bed. And everybody's like, duh, of course you don't put it under a bed, Jesus. That doesn't make sense. You put a lamp where? so that everyone can see it. And so God is the owner of the house. 
of his kingdom, of the church. And we're lights of that church. And what he's saying to us is that that light needs to be a place so that, and I love that phrase, so that all who come in can see that light. And again, we're not talking about literal lamps. We're not talking about literal houses. We're talking about our influence, that we are a light, that all who see that light can find their way to Jesus Christ. He is the light, and we've received that light to shine. And then he goes on in verse 17. He says, For there is nothing hidden that will not be disclosed, and nothing concealed that will not be known or brought out into the open. So again, I, I, I think this whole verse passage of Scripture is a little bit confusing. So there's nothing hidden will not be disclosed, nothing concealed will not be brought out, known or brought out into the open. And it's like, what, what are you talking about? What, what's going to be hidden, Jesus? And it almost sounds like judgment, right? All of my sins are going to be brought out into the open. That sounds real fun. But you got to, again, we understand verses in the context. So what's Jesus in this context talking about? He's talking about proclaiming the good news, sharing the good news. He's talking about how people happen to hear this particular good news. Until Jesus came, the good news was unknown to people. It was hidden. It was a mystery. Not that God was intentionally hiding it. The Jewish nation knew that the Messiah was supposed to come through them. They knew that somehow God was going to save the world through the Messiah. And that's kind of what that word means. They just didn't understand what that meant or how that would happen. In fact, they often misunderstood that or they often misinterpreted that. See, the, the good news about Jesus Christ was a mystery, meaning it was hidden. Not that God was, oh, I don't want you to find it. But the, the word also means not accessible to view. So imagine you're in some part of the country and you're watching these beautiful mountains, right? And you're driving up the mountain. Now, you've not been over the other side of the mountain, but you know something beautiful is going to be there, but you've not been there. You're still going on up the hill or up this road, and so you know something's on the other side, but at this particular point, it's not accessible for you to view. It's hidden. It's a mystery to you because you haven't seen it. You don't know what that particular view will be like. But Paul says in Galatians, he says, but when the time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law that we might become his children. When the time had fully come. In other words, God took this mystery that had been hidden, unknown, not accessible to view, and when Jesus Christ came as the light to this world, suddenly that message was known. In fact, Paul says this in Colossians 1. He talks about it as this mystery that has been, here's that word, kept hidden for ages and generations, but is now disclosed, it's now uncovered, but who to? To the Lord's people, to them. God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches. Here is that of this mystery. And what's that mystery? It is Christ in you, the hope of glory. He's the one we proclaim. Christ in me, Christ in you. We are the light. And what happens is God's mystery is going to be revealed to the world. It's going to be known to the world. 
The question is, will it be known from you and from me? Will we be the ones who will share that truth? He is the one that we proclaim. And so when Jesus Christ came to this earth, the secret was uncovered in Jesus Christ. But not everyone has heard that. And so he looks at you and I and he says, I put this light in you, and now I need you. I'm in you. You have this hope. I need you to be that light to other people. And can you imagine, because God's mystery will be known and will be revealed, But can you imagine coming to judgment and someone who is a friend or a family member of yours suddenly learns that you knew about Jesus, but you never shared that truth with them? That you had this hidden away in your life. You knew about the mercy and the grace of Jesus Christ, but you never shared that truth with them. And so Jesus is saying, that's why you and I are the light. The mystery is going to be revealed. It has been now. He wants to use you and I to reveal it to others. And then he says this in verse 18. He says, therefore, consider carefully how you listen. Whoever has will be given more. Whoever does not have, even what they think they have, will be taken from them. See, speaking again to those of us who bear the light. We have the light of Jesus Christ. And he's saying, what are you doing with what you've heard. Consider carefully how you listen. What matters is what we do with the light that Jesus Christ has given to us. Every single one of us who are in this room here, those of you who are online with us, we, we've heard about the message of Jesus Christ the salvation that we have in Him. We talk about it in our small groups and when we're sitting around having coffee. We we have been blessed by the fact that we have heard someone in our life has shared the good news of Jesus Christ. They have been a light in our lives. They have been an influence to us in our lives. So the question is, what do we do with that? Because you see, we're the ones who've been given much. We're the ones in whom God has entrusted the good news. We're the ones who have been given this light in our lives. And the question is, what are we going to do with that light? Will we do what Jesus Christ has asked us? Because there's a very ominous warning that is attached to this passage of Scripture about the blessing that we've been given, right, in that someone has shared with us. Now, what are we going to do with the light that is in our hearts and in our lives? It's a very ominous warning. But look again at what he says there in verse 16. No one lights a lamp and hides it in a clay jar or puts it under a bed. Instead, they put it on a stand so that those who come in, they can see the light. So let's take a moment and think about personally in our own lives. Okay, so if I'm the light, what does that look like for me? How do How do I apply that to my life? So there's a couple of things that I noted in this verse. The first one is this, that light is silent, right? Light is silent. So if I go over here and stand by this light, I can't hear anything. I put the mic, can you hear anything there, right? Light's silent. It doesn't make any kind of noise at all. And again, it's kind of an interesting thing because the context of this is he's talking about proclaiming, telling the good news. He's talking about how people hear it, how people receive it. 
So what's the point of using this kind of a metaphor? It's that before somebody is going to want to hear the message from me, they've got to see the kind of life that I'm living for Jesus Christ. In other words, the life I live becomes the example that people can look and see. And so think about some of the things we've been talking and studying over the last few weeks. If I truly love my enemies, um, won't that be an example of the light in the life of other people? If I truly show mercy to others, won't they be experiencing the light because of the mercy I show to them? If I show forgiveness and if I show grace to people, if I give rather than trying to only receive the people in my life, won't that be them experiencing this life? It, it's, it's the light within me that is silent, that is crucial before I can even come to a place where I speak to someone about Jesus Christ. See, the reason that we live to honor God in our lives is not so that we can get into heaven because we can't earn our way into heaven. That's why we accepted Jesus as our Lord and Savior because I can't do enough good things to ever make my way into heaven. The reason I live a life that honors God, one of the biggest reasons, is so that I can be a light for others to see God in me. You know, let your light so shine so that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. It's my life that, help, life that helps other people see that light. So light is silent, but the second thing we need to understand is this, that light is also responsible. We have to be responsible with what God has done in our heart and in our life. And that's challenging because we live in a season of isolation. I bet you haven't gone out to eat near the number of times over the last six months that you did two years ago, right? I mean, we just, we, we isolate, we're protecting ourselves, we're being careful. Um, and yet, even in the midst of isolation, I still have a responsibility to be that light to other people. And how, how can I do that? I think that's a great question to wrestle with. What would it look like in my life and where I'm at now to be responsible with that, to be that kind of an influence? I think a great way is through serving, you know, serving our neighbors, serving people in our family, because it's through serving that we see who real, uh, the real faith of one another. You know, when we act and when we do good to other people, it's that thing that makes a huge example and difference in our life. And think about your own life. Who was one of the key people in your life who was a light that help you know about the love of Jesus Christ. You know, for some of you, I know it was a neighbor. For some of you, it was a grandparent. It was somebody um, that you worked with. Some of you talked about that. It was somebody that just showed the love of Jesus Christ to you. I, I was very fortunate to be able to grow up in a family in which I had many examples um, my dad and his brothers, they were evangelists. They did revivals. We used to do that back in the day, right? I mean, they would go around the whole country and they would sing, they would preach, they would, you know, they were in front of people all the time. But for me as a kid growing up, what I learned and realized is that their faith wasn't just real when they were, you know, in front of people. 
I saw them driving vehicles, and I saw my uncles at the farm, and I saw them cooking dinner, and, you know, I saw them having arguments with one another, and the example they set, the way they chose to live for Jesus Christ, even when they were not on stage, showed me that this faith was real. And so as we consider who was the light to us, how did they serve and set that example The question comes to you and I, is this to whom does God want you and me to be a light? You know, as Patty encouraged us as we sang that song, who is it that God wants uh, us to pray that blessing and be that example? For many of you, it's your family, right? Up front, that's crucial for us. Who in your family? But then it extends beyond that. It could be the person that you serve next to or that you work next to, somebody you go to school with. It could be somebody that you see in the grocery store all the time. It could be a a neighbor that lives down the street or the road from you. To whom does God need you to be a light? The picture that most of us tend to have of the church is a building, right? 16717 Manchester Road. So when we think of a map, so Kurt put that up, we, we tend to think of there's the light, that's the church, right? That's, that's the church. That's the picture of the building there, right? And that's what we think of. When we think of church, we think we're going to church, right? We think of a single light on a lamp, that's the building, that's where we go to church. My dream is, and I think this is the picture that the Bible gives to us, is that we will come to a place where we realize this is not the church. Yeah, we are the church gathered at a certain time, but rather this is a picture of the church. That every single place you live, you work, that I play, that we're at, every single place we're at, that we recognize that we are a light for Jesus. We are an example for Jesus. We, we are the church everywhere we go. And my desire is that we would begin to recognize that the church is not a location, a building, but the church is me. It's you. You have been given the light of Jesus Christ. I've been given the light of Jesus. And all over the city, all over this area, wherever we're at, that we would be the light for Jesus Christ. Because the light isn't for concealing. God has given us that light, what? So that we can show other people the way to Him. And be that example to Him. So I really want to encourage you to think this through. How can you help yourself this week to realize that wherever you're at, you are the light for Jesus Christ? You know, maybe you need to get a candle and stick it on top of your dashboard instead of the phone holder, right? Maybe you need to draw a big picture of a light bulb somewhere that you can see it. Here's what I want to encourage you and I to try to do this week. Every place we're at. So think about tomorrow morning, okay? So where are you going to go tomorrow morning? For some of you, you go to work. For some of you, you get out of bed late tomorrow morning, right, because you're nice and retired. Others, you're, you know, going, driving a long way. You're going to go to the store tomorrow. You're going to see some of your family. Every place you go, imagine whenever you encounter anyone else, think of, just simply say to yourself, you know what? I'm the church. I have the light of Jesus Christ in me. 
I, I want to be an example for God the way he wants me to be. And just every single day over the next seven days, just try to imagine and picture, I am the church wherever I happen to be. And imagine what it would be like if we uh, realized that the church is not one single light, but the church is literally dozens and hundreds of lights all over the place being an influence for Jesus at that particular moment. Imagine the impact it could have on your family and your neighborhood and the clubs and the organizations that we're a part of, wherever we go on vacation or take a trip, that the light is not for concealing, right, but for showing people the way. Let me pray for us. Lord, we thank you for your great love and mercy. Lord, I thank you for my family and others who have shown that light to me to help me know who Jesus Christ is. And Father, I pray that if there's anyone listening online or present here today that has not said yes to you as their Lord and Savior, Lord, that today would be that day. Father God, we realize that we are the church, a light for Jesus Christ, and we pray, Lord, use us to be an influence on other people for you. Lord, we love you and we thank you, and it's in your most precious name we pray. Amen.